This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host, Bev Jones. My own career has had many phases. These days, I'm an executive coach, and I do some writing, and my new book is Find Your Happy at Work. Our guest today is Dr. Omar Daoud. He went to medical school at Georgetown University. He has a public health master's from Yale, and his MBA is from Wharton. And he has more than 25 years of experience in management, medical research, and clinical work. Omar is the chief medical officer for Calm, which is well known for its popular app for meditation, relaxation, and sleep. Today, Omar will share insights about health challenges facing American workers. He'll talk about the challenges that some may face as they step back into the post-COVID workplace. He'll describe ways employers are trying to help their team members address issues related to well-being and mental health. And he'll offer tips for supporting your wellness. Today we want to talk about some of the health challenges that are facing American workers, particularly as people are going back to a workplace which is maybe quite different than what we've known before. So there'll be a lot to talk about. But but first, I'm really intrigued with uh, your career. You have amazing credentials and you've been a serious researcher. And it feels like uh, in your job as the chief medical officer for COM, you've I'm guessing you've made some kind of choice that um, is not what you expected when you headed off to uh, medical school. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about your career and and what brought you to your role at Calm? Happy to. Thank you for the really insightful question. Um, I actually don't really view it as so much a choice and so much a job, to be honest with you. Uh, It's just just part of kind of the life that, um, that I've had just from various circumstances that have presented themselves. Um, I've been on this journey to uh, help really innovate uh, the world of medicine that we all live in and provide improved access uh, to different uh, aspects of healthcare since I was a teenager. Um, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma, when I was 15, went through two years of chemotherapy at that time, and really saw um, a a window into uh, a healthcare environment that had little innovation uh, and for me, as a as a bright-eyed teenager, knowing very little, I really wanted to change the face of that. Um, that led to most of my career actually being in physical health, uh, whether it be uh, actually seeing patients uh, on the research side or actually innovating uh, different medical devices. But the last probably 10 years or so, uh, I've spent on the men- mental health side, and, and it's been quite illuminating. If we think about it, uh, really taking care of our mental and behavioral health, our mind, our emotional state, uh, is actually paramount. Uh, and, and it's one of the most underserved aspects of medicine. Um, here at Calm, what really intrigued me was it, it is an offering and a, and a broad experience where we're thinking proactively about helping people prepare themselves to deal with their mental health. That sounds very similar to how we think about physical health for nutrition and diet, but for mental health, that's revolutionary. And I was just intrigued and so attracted to that type of offering and the chemistry I had with the, the team of just super smart and passionate individuals 
And the ability, frankly, to do this um, in terms of preparing people for, for how they deal with stress and anxiety um, across the board for billions of people around the world. Well, could you tell us a little bit about the app? I know the company does some other things we might get into, but I think you're you're best known for your uh, popular app. And it it seems so simple, but it sounds like there's a lot of research behind it. Yeah, Calm is really fascinating. Um, company started off uh, now, I guess it's almost about eight, nine years ago, as really uh, a product to uh, help mainstream meditation uh, and really uh, bring meditation to the masses. And the company uh, and the product did a really great job of that uh, through content uh, and through through other means. The, the experience itself has always been uh, always data-informed. So it sits on a kind of a foundation of data science. And what we noticed was that uh, back in 2015, 16, people were using this exp- uh, the product for uh, really before they go to bed. Uh, and, and it really wasn't tuned in that way. And so the company went through a really uh, amazing evolution to really uh, evolve into a broad experience for resilience. And uh, resilience is really turning yourself into a rubber, rubber band. Again, thinking proactively about your mental health. And the foundation of that is sleep. So we developed this this thing called a sleep story, which is essentially a bedtime story that's read to you by various narrators, whether it be Matthew McConaughey or others, uh, a plethora of narrators. Uh, We built a diverse experience where diversity is super key in helping individuals uh, feel connected, feel trust, uh, and be able to identify with somebody. Um, And it really caused a huge inflection for the company. When we look at Calm Now, uh, and it has over 100 uh, million downloads around the world in over 190 countries and over 1,600 companies that have adopted Calm as a benefit, it's the ability to put something in front of individuals that they recognize, they know, they might not think it's behavioral mental health, and that's okay. Um, We have an extremely strong science foundation uh, led by Jen Huberty, who's a professor at um, Arizona State University, in which we do really high quality research to actually show that not only do people love calm, but people actually do get better uh, through really amazing clinical studies uh, that are well designed and show that people sleep better, they have better outcomes from a depression perspective, from a stress perspective, and from an anxiety perspective. You know, I'm an executive coach these days, having had quite a few careers um, over the years myself. But one of the things that I I notice is I I may be talking about job issues and um, there's always a lot of anxiety about uh, about job issues for, for many lawyers. A lot of my clients are lawyers. And I find that I'm not trained to deal with anxiety, but if I can... Um, address the issue through any realm. It can be emotional. It can be um, physical activity. It can be exercise. If you can get people to start uh, focusing on their well-being and you figure out what might be most accessible for them, uh, it almost doesn't matter whether they can begin. You can Sometimes people start dealing with anxiety, it seems like, by starting their exercise program. Is, is that part of what's happening? You're finding accessible ways for people to get in? Yeah, it, it, it's an easier way to access it. Um, it's also destigmatizing it. Um, you know, one of our CEOs, Michael, likes to uh, really talk about the analogy that Calm, what Calm is doing to this space, the analogy to jogging uh, back and, and that level of exercise back in the 70s, where 
it was not the norm to go out and put on running shoes and, and, and go run around, right? People didn't do that for fun. Um, but it started to actually take off. It started to be something that you saw uh, uh, faces that you identify, people in the news, others doing it. And people started to really gravitate toward doing it. It was demystifying it. You know, oftentimes you may be sitting at home or in an office thinking, you know, I'm the only one that feels stress and anxiety. There's no way anyone else feels it. But when you see someone that you never thought would experience that, whether it be a leader of your company, whether it be a colleague or friend, a parent, and they're exhibiting vulnerability, they're talking about it, and they're saying, you know what, I feel this, and it's okay. Um, it all of a sudden normalizes it, it demystifies it, and actually it reduces an invisible barrier of stigma. Calm, we do that through our content. And that's part of why we have so many celebrity partnerships or partnerships with individuals, um, such as LeBron James, for example, athletes, that you would never think experience stress and anxiety, but they do. And they also are open about doing something about it, uh, taking time to, to breathe, taking time to focus on their sleep. Um, I think that's part of the magic of this experience. So you, we're talking about several different things here, mental health, of course, but also relaxation from just ordinary stresses of life, and then sleep, which is related, but it can be something entirely different. Is that right? And and the same kinds of approaches can address multiple um, issues. Is that what we're saying? Well, actually, I think they're I think they're all intertwined. And the reason is that what we're really talking about is at the end of the day, if we step back, is building resilience, building mental fitness. And the the first thread to do that, the foundation of that is better sleep. If we think about it, if you don't sleep well. Uh, you wake up in the morning cloudy. Your amygdala in your brain, the part of your brain that actually passes information to your prefrontal cortex where you, where you make decisions, isn't functioning optimally. And so you enter your day not making good decisions and likely going to end your day more stressed and anxious and actually not sleep as well. But if you enter your day with a solid night of sleep, you suddenly have clarity. You're able to be thoughtful. You're able to, be, to pause and, and actually reflect and listen. And then you can really start building other coping mechanisms uh, and dealing with stress and anxiety and all the, the pressures that we have around us. So actually, I think all the different issues really come together and intertwined. So a lot of people seem to talk about um, sleeping pretty well, going to bed and, and getting to sleep, but then they wake up at two or three in the morning and their brains are just spinning about everything they have to do. Is is there a difference between that waking up in the middle of the night for people or and um, people who just can't get to sleep? Or is it just variations of the same thing? I mean, I think it's variations of the same thing. Um, you know, people, uh, all of us uh, have sleep disturbance for a lot of different reasons. Um, I think one of the most common reasons that we have sleep disturbance is that when we lay down on our pillow, we uh, haven't shut our brains down. We were just looking at social media. We were just watching the news. We went to bed and before we even close our eyes, we're thinking about the 30 things that we have from today and what we're gonna do tomorrow. It's hard to fall asleep in that manner. It's also hard to stay asleep in that manner. Um, that's why we really advocate for individuals taking an hour or two to actually shut down before they go to bed. Reduce your media consumption. Actually reduce external stimuli. 
um, really think about a sleep routine. And, you know, the beauty of the calm sleep stories is that they allow you to actually take the millions of things that are racing through your mind and replace them with something that's soothing, a story, uh, a storyline and a theme that um, really helps lull you to sleep. Now, that should help you fall asleep. It should also help you stay asleep. But if you don't, uh, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't stay awake, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. You're actually supposed to get out of bed. You're not supposed to stay in bed and watch the clock tick away 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. You're supposed to get out of bed, not hop on a screen, but rather um, just engage in any activity that's going to start to distract your brain. That's going to actually help you um, uh, return to bed uh, quite quickly and fall back asleep again. Like reading something soothing is my exactly. response. Well, we're in, a, of course, a very weird time these days. We've just uh, been in the midst of the pandemic. We seem to be coming out of it. And yet stress doesn't seem to be going away. H- have you seen in the last, um, well, since the start of COVID, have you seen a huge increase in interest in dealing with these issues? And do you think uh, it could be, uh, I think, a, a bit rocky in the coming months? It's not so clear what's going to happen next. Are you seeing that in your client base? Yeah, we, we definitely are. You know, we have um, we have two really interesting uh client bases, I guess you could call them. Uh, one is our direct-to-consumer offering. As we said, we're over 100 million uh, downloads uh, of individuals around the world. And then we have our B2B offering, our Calm for Business offering, in which we bring in Calm as a benefit, uh, really to, to bring it in as a means of prevention uh, to help uh, the majority of employees uh, build COVID mechanisms. And uh, over 15, 1,600 companies on that side and, and what we have seen is a couple interesting things. One is, as people entered the pandemic, all of us, not surprising, stress and anxiety peaked. Uh, and there was a huge, huge rush to uh, experiences like Calm to be able to start to support uh, individuals. The, the second thing is that um, stress and anxiety peak whenever you're taken out of your routine. You know, th- that, that's very common uh, in, in all of our lives. And so if I disrupt your life, you're going to be stressed. And so as people now are, quote unquote, returning uh, to the office, returning to normal, quote unquote, um, you again are seeing those peaks uh, because you've gotten used to routine. Now, I, I think part of that from, and this is just my opinion, is that we're putting a lot of pressure as a society right now on returning to normal, on getting back to the way we were. I actually, when I speak to companies and I speak to a lot of Fortune 500 companies to their employees, I actually like to frame it as let's return the better. It actually creates a frame that's less stressful because you don't have to be something that you're not comfortable with. And to be honest with you, none of us are going to return to exactly the way we were. And we had so many great learnings from this last year. Yes, it was challenging for all of us, but many of us, almost all of us learned better ways of communicating, better ways of staying in touch, how to build boundaries when we're working from home how to preserve work-life balance, right? How to actually engage in new activities um, that really fulfilled us. And there's so much of that that we can absorb and bring back to this next phase. And as employees start to frame it in that way, actually seeing that it's actually helping them temper their stress and anxiety because they don't feel pressure to be something that they can't be or don't want to be. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. 
Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Masters in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. My observation from, from my limited sample of, of my clients who I kept talking with throughout COVID is that many of them did amazingly well. I, I think I saw leaders growing. They became more compassionate and yeah. more flexible. And um, they found, uh, I don't know, I think joy in being able to support their teams. I, I, I saw a lot of people you know, stepping up and making things work. But I'm a little worried about um, not these established teams where people are going back to something or going together to something new. But my sense is one problem area might be integrating new workers, people just getting out of college, people who don't have established patterns. And do you think that maybe young people entering the workforce or still kind of moving around may be uh, facing special challenges that need some notice? I think you're definitely highlighting a really um, not just intriguing, but very insightful point. And, and you may very well be right. Um, you know, as employers, we need to think very, very critically about a couple interesting things. One is, or important things, one is um, is really not just treating employees on bulk, but actually looking at at, at, at their, their different um, ages, backgrounds, demographics, um, because everyone's going to respond quite differently uh, as they enter this kind of phase that we're in and entering in, right? It's different remote or hybrid workforce uh, uh, experience that, that we're all embarking on. I think that um, you're right. People who are more new to this, uh, potentially younger, I, I don't really know, but potentially uh, may have uh, some increased challenges. And that's where we need to invest in them. Um, the pandemic highlighted that we can't be reactive when it comes to uh, our employee mental and behavioral health. We need to think proactively. And so I know from Com, we're seeing a ton of investments on the on the Com for Business side because of that uh, by companies that are very forward looking across the board from very small to very large. I think second of all, what you mentioned about leaders, leaders need to continue to be leaders um, and continue to exhibit vulnerability and continue to do all the amazing outreach um, that we did. Uh, and each of us need to turn to our right and left and check on our colleagues. We we're so good at checking in this last year um, and doing all those little things that we did because we knew everyone needed extra support. That can't go away. And I think if we, if we, if we approach this with that frame, we'll be able to support individuals regardless of where they are on that spectrum of comfort when it comes to a you know, remote, in-person or hybrid workforce environment that they're going to be thrust into. I love the idea of businesses providing this app as a, as a perk, partly because of what it's signaling. It's signaling that it's okay to talk about issues like sleep and mental health and a need for emotional support and all of those kind of things. Um, but I, I'm wondering when a business looks to the app and, and makes it part of the 
the culture and part of the support system. Do the leaders get any kind of training or encouragement to to model an openness about this issue, to use the app, to 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 really make it part of the culture? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, it's all about how we frame it. I think I think our our Comfort business team does a really really great job of not only building a compelling case for proactive investment in resilience and mental fitness and actually making calm accessible to all employees. But it's much more than that. It's about uh, really uh, uh, through our account management team, uh, creating a playbook that companies can use and leaders can use uh, to really not only bring in resilience, but identify uh, where it's best utilized and how to leverage it. Um, you know, we do that a lot of different ways from the kickoff in which, for example, if I look back at, at, at some of the ones we've done recently with very large uh, Fortune 500 companies where what we've done is we have uh, sessions uh, to all employees in which, for example, myself and uh, the president of the company or, or, or one of the one of the uh, leaders that that's looked to uh, and I have a fireside chat about vulnerability, about stress and anxiety, about challenges. And, and, and it's 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 entering then. Uh, uh, a world in which everyone's looking at this from a normal lens. Uh, and it helps normalize things tremendously. Um, that's a great first step and a great footing uh, to jump in on. I think the second thing is we don't frame this as a perk. Um, I, I wouldn't say that mental health is, is ever a perk and ever something that um, we should decide or not decide to have. We should all actually have access to mental health support, especially preventative support. Um, and so you know, we really frame it and present it in a way and roll it out in a way in which it's it's a benefit that everyone has access to. And that reduces so much stigma and so many bars around it. And then lastly, um, we're continuing to develop non-digital uh, aspects of Calm. And so, you know, for the B2B Calm uh, for business offering, um, there's ability to have uh, virtual coaching and to have group coaching as well, which is tremendous uh, extension of our digital experience. Because it not only allows customization and personalization uh, of the uh, amazing experience that we already provide, but it allows more downstream support um, for stress and anxiety. And actually, as well, allows leaders and individuals at all levels then to have additional support and wraparound for how they can really apply where resilience will be most effective. Aside from sleep issues, which I know are foundational, they're, they're really an important starting point. Calm introduces people to meditation, people who may not have experienced it or had access to it in other ways. Do you see corporations becoming interested and having that become part of their culture? Do you see group activity or any other way of introducing it into a culture? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we try to uh, be very open and allow companies to model how we do it here at Calm. Uh, we practice what we preach. So every day, for example, at 10 a.m. on our calendars here, you'll see uh, a calendar invite um, that's available to all employees for the daily calm or the daily trip. And that's uh, a, 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 a session in which it's 10 minutes, it's voluntary, you can jump on, you can have your camera off, camera on, completely up to you. But you're participating in a group activity um, a, that is uh, working through uh, you know, content for the day uh, on resilience, and typically it's done through storytelling uh, from our from our uh, our product, and that's a great way to have a consistent 
um, kind of regiment that's uh, that's kind of put into a company. Um, we 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 speak to companies about everything that we do here in terms of how we integrate mindfulness, why pausing matters, why giving your employees the opportunity to take time away and think and how that can actually help accelerate efforts rather than slowing them down, how you identify uh, signs and symptoms of stress and anxiety and how they manifest. So all these things come into play and that's a combination of meditation, mindfulness, uh, and sleep. And it all comes again into this overall umbrella basket of resilience. Well, let's step away from calm for a minute and think about some of our listeners out there who might be feeling in need of support or in need of a change. Uh, do you have um, suggestions for somebody who you know, maybe they don't even have an iPhone? They're not. They're unlikely to get an app uh, because they don't have a device of any sort that uh, they're comfortable with. We have a suggestion on how they start addressing issues if if they're thinking, maybe I have burnout, maybe this isn't normal. Where does somebody start? Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent question. Um, I, I think the first place I would start um, is really some self-reflection. Um, we don't do enough of that, uh, honestly. And the more and more we are able to reflect on ourselves and from the vantage point of just blocking out everything else and thinking about what's important to me right now, what what's concerning me right now, what are the things that are top of mind for me? And that helps your mind start to um, almost do a prioritization. I think second of all, you know, we're all in essence uh, vehicles moving through life and life moves really fast. And so we feel compelled to move fast with it. But if you think about a vehicle, whether it be a race car or whatever kind of vehicle it is, the most important part of that vehicle to help it move fast are the brakes. The brakes allow a vehicle to approach challenging parts of the road in front of you and navigate them because you're slowing down and you're assessing it and you're being thoughtful and maybe counterintuitive, but slowing down helps you go faster. And so you don't need a technology for that. You don't need to spend money to just take 30 seconds out of your day and do nothing to take five minutes before you start your day and reflect on yourself or pause before a, a, a big meeting or before a challenging conversation. It's amazing how transformative uh, being able to stop, pause and think can be on your entire week, your entire day uh, and, and yourself. Um, that, that's a great place I have people start. And then lastly is if you're comfortable, share your experiences with others around you because nine times out of 10, they're experiencing something very similar as well. And the more you're able to exhibit that vulnerability, the more you'll actually feel supported and the more you'll actually feel like you're making progress as well. The path that seems to work uh, for each person um, can be quite different from the person next to them. And there are a lot of ways to, to do that pausing. For some people, going outside, doing something in nature can be helpful. Um, but what about somebody who's sort of stuck in an office? Have, have you looked much at uh, kind of pausing and doing some kind of writing um, as a way to uh, um, address your own issues in a quiet way. Does that, is, is that helpful? 
You know, what you just said is, is so, so important, which is what works for me may not work for you, right? We're all individuals. Uh, your question could be applied to anything. It could be applied to diet, for example. How I diet, how I eat may not be the same way that actually benefits you as well. And when we think about mindfulness and we think about pausing and meditation, um, it really comes down to what you feel comfortable with. Uh, for me personally, uh, I actually like to go on a run uh, and think. I like to sit on the beach. I, I like to uh, be in touch with nature. And that helps me truly um, kind of unplug from everything and really kind of focus on one or two things. In an office, um, I've seen people use writing. I do think writing can be a great outlet and a great way for uh, people to uh, really align their thoughts. Uh, some people like to go like to go on walks. Some people like to just sit at their desk and close their eyes for a minute or two. Um, I think it really depends. And what I would encourage everyone to do is try it. Try something, even if even if it sounds like you you know something that's out of your comfort zone. Try it. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Try the next thing. And really that level of experimentation is important because you will actually be able to find a set of you know, different experiences that you really resonate with. And whether that be in the office or that's outside of the office or at home. So if, the, if there's one bit of advice you're offering to people, it, it sounds like it is find a way to pause. And know that there's no one right way, but there are many ways to kind of slow down and have some rest, even if it's just a minute or two. Is, is that correct? I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And that really could be transformative to your entire day. Well, your, your Calm app, I think, is lovely. Uh, there's a free Thank version, you. isn't there? Yes. There is. There, there, there's a trial version where a lot of the content's locked, but you're able to really get a good sense of it. And so many employers now, as we said, over 1,600 have, are offering Calm to their employees that I encourage you to ask your employer if they're offering it as well. Um, because we're bringing on more and more companies literally every single week. So if they're not, maybe it'd be an easy suggestion to make. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing this. I, I feel um, inspired partly because I've been practicing with Calm for the last week, getting ready for that. talking with you. Um, but but also, I, I think what you're doing um, is so timely and so important. And uh, I'm um, honored to have you uh, telling us about it today. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you to all of your listeners here. I encourage you. Um, all to download and try Calm and uh, definitely speak to your employer about it as well. I think you'll find that uh, preparing ourselves for stress and anxiety that's always around the corner uh, will only help us be our best selves. And uh, so I'll say goodbye and I hope you and all of our listeners have a calm day. Thank you so much. Today we've been talking with Dr. Omar Daoud about ways to support health and well-being. I'm your host, Bev Jones. If you're interested in well-being, I hope you'll check out my new book, Find Your Happy at Work. Today's tip is that there are many accessible paths to meditation or other mindfulness practices. Finding approaches that work for you can support both your wellness and your career. 
Thank you for listening today. We hope you come back soon.